Groove Café. It is the Groove Cafe, and this is where I share conversations with different people around the world who are passionate about making a change through art, through music, through their craft, through their profession. And today I have someone who is a musician, a singer, a songwriter, a multi-instrumentalist, and a lawyer as well. That is Isabel Tusinguire. She joins me on the Groove Cafe. Isabel, how are you? Great Crystal. Mm-hmm. How are you? I am fine. I'm very fine, thank you. You you go by Isabel UG most of the yes, time, I yes? Do. Yes, so, I do. So that's your name as an artist? Yes, as a vocal artist. As a vocal artist. Yes. Why Isabel UG? You try to keep it simple or Well, um, I guess I can answer that like in two parts. Firstly, because there's so many artists all over the world called Isabel, so uh, trademarking that was going to be an issue. Okay. But secondly, as with my blog, that's called A Ugandan Artist, A Lot of the Direction. I garner from um, what I do musically comes mm-hmm. from my identity as a Ugandan mm-hmm. and as an artist. So I, I had issues with like my cultural identity, like what makes me Ugandan, with my music that I sing, is it my language, is it the style, mm. is it the fact that my passport says Ugandan nationality, mm-hmm. whatever it is, um, I have to remember where I come from to understand the relevance of what I'm putting out there. It's for Ugandans first. So I was like, back at work. Okay. It's about UG. So, hashtag proudly Ugandan, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I like what you said. You know, is it your passport? Is it your culture? How are you infusing your Ugandan culture, your Ugandanness, into your music? Well, um, this is something I really, really struggled with, um, even uh, regarding the decision to make music, because I went to English-speaking schools. I come from an English-speaking home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's nothing Ugandan. Mm-hmm. in quotes about me like the Luganda I know is enough to get me on a border to where I need to go <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. my father's language I don't know it I didn't learn it mm-hmm. so here I was as an artist and, and, and you know you're in different spaces like sometimes I leave the country and you tell people you're an artist and they're like oh so you're a Ugandan artist what does Ugandan music sound like and you have to like explain that okay I'm not a Ugandan Ugandan like that like it doesn't come out to my music mm-hmm. and I really really struggled with that until mm-hmm. I had to accept that even I, even the forms of culture that exist, of course, with influence from colonialism, we were colonized, we speak English in our schools, they teach us English. Mm-hmm. And even with what's happening now, globalization, you switch on the radio, you turn on the TV, it won't just be stuff from Uganda, you're going to be seeing stuff from all over the world. Yeah. I had to accept that, okay, yes, I'm not a Ugandan in the purest sense. Mm. of it or as I would like to be but maybe even in a hybrid sense there is a space for this kind of Ugandan Mm -hmm. who sings in English who has these ideas um, to you know express her art and that became my passion just being the person I needed when I was younger the person to tell me that hey you're still Ugandan even when you speak English even when your music doesn't sound like Amagunju or something you yes, know? yes. Yeah. I think my first exposure to world music also kind of led me to that understanding that you can come from a country but you borrow influences from so many other cultures, so many other countries some from your own but at the end of the day the audience is the world 
yeah mm, is yeah. the world out there you are a lawyer when did you, you decide on music or was that part of your life from the time you were little yes music is is what goes uh, back further than the law <laughs> um i come from a musical family uh, mostly part of church that's mm-hmm. where we we learned music so my siblings my my father my mother the guitar in the house there was like a practice session for the youth group or the children's ministry to go for so I and that was at home the, that was at your home yes huh? yes oh. at home and at church okay and then when I got to high school um, around my teen years that's where I got kind of more serious I even did music like as a subject uh-huh. and studied it classically to some extent and just realized that this thing is not leaving me like you know you reach that age <laughs> and you realize yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by 17 this will have to sit out and like will be less like relevant in my life but it just kept on growing even up to campus university mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the classes I'd have like a guitar under my chair so that after the exam <laughs> leaving to go for a rehearsal or something so Yeah, music. Music is something that has always really, really been part of me. Okay. All right. Did your family support you? In their own way, yes. Like, let me not lie. Um, a lot of what I talk about is just that generational gap mm. in the understanding of how useful art can be. Like, parents don't get it. Yeah. When, so, so uh, whose idea was it for you to do law? Um, well, it was kind of a mutual decision, of course, but still supported by the parents. Mm-hmm. Because in this life, even if I had gone to do music, like societally, it was going to be a bit hard, mm-hmm. you know, making it, like how are you going to pay the bills? So uh, after my combination, after doing the art in, in HSC, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, what, what's there to do? I can't Wh- do Where art. was that? <laughs> where did you do your A-levels? I did my A-levels from Gaiaza High School. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, so I did hell music and then of course in the like the courses at university to do are mostly like economics and, and finance, that kind of thing, moves and <laughs> just really sucky at math. I was like, Yeah, so let's let's not go in that direction, what's left? I was like, Okay, yeah, so I can be a lawyer and I really psyched myself up for it. Let me not lie, there was a bit of psyching that was okay. necessary mm-hmm. to do. But yeah, I think looking back now despite um all the you know the friction between my parents and I regarding mm-hmm. what my future would look like it has all, it has all turned out really surprisingly well yeah well I'm happy to hear that you you mentioned the friction so I'm guessing at some point you said okay mom dad I'm going to do music yes when yes. was that so, that was um so in my study I just kind of had this grand epiphany like mm-hmm. with all the I don't know that the stringencies of our system like what you learn in class mm-hmm. isn't necessarily what goes and happens in the courts and everything so mm-hmm. I was like so where am I in class you know like why shouldn't I just like drop out and the idea was that I'd finish law school and then do music but the thing with law is you get better at it by learning more and more so if you finish law school do LBC do a master's keep working gain the experience <laughs> apply yes, and go and I was like oh, there is no out Yeah. So after um, graduating in 2017, I took a year off and I traveled to Los Angeles and just stayed there for a year and just did music and grew in music and did some courses and then realized that like ah, I need to come back and like apply what I've learned mm-hmm. and just begin from here and so, bring it yeah, home. Yeah, that's when I really realized. Okay, so that one year also for you was a time that you just realized it's what you're meant to do. 
Yes, mm-hmm. yes, because I really tried to push it out of like my life. <laughs> I was like, please, can I just do it? Like, it was on my plate. And even from the people I met there, they're like, do you know the kind of position, the fact that you are a lawyer or the fact that you have studied puts you? Because for them, like I had one of my close friends who I was actually producing with had been learning production since he was 13 years. So oh. when he went to university, he started music composition. His work has been in studios. It's, it's a very singular niche. Mm-hmm. And although he's really good at it, there's those times he wishes he had like a way of interacting with people professionally but differently in so, another way mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah. wow it's amazing that you got that chance to you know go and in a way you know find yourself did you find your your style at that point in that year trying so many different oh, things oh god no I think that was like the most confused yeah you know you see <laughs> at like events and people asking so hi um, Isabel you're from Uganda uh, what kind of music do you do like I don't know <laughs> I'm just figuring it out all I know is I like writing songs and I'm going to make music okay so that was 2017 to 2018 and 2016 I just released my first um, recorded project an EP mm-hmm. called uh, Chaotic Heart and even um, with regards to genre and style, it wasn't like really um, very articulate. It was a bit of pop, a bit of singer-songwriter vibes, a bit of folk, indie, alternative, mm-hmm. just all over the place. Just mm-hmm. like five songs that are really all over the place. So you were still finding yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I guess I have a better idea of how to define that now, but it's not that I've settled. Because I, I, I mean, like this year, I've been in Afro Soul, which has confused a lot of people, end of um, <laughs> 2019, I did these like a like dancehall, mellow kind of song. Ooh. Then, um, I just like to think of myself as like a non-genre conformist. I don't like the boxes of mm. follow the rules of pop, follow the rules of this genre and style. It I just really like want to explore it. and see what can come out. Yeah. Okay. But in terms of being a songwriter, how long okay. have you been writing music? Uh, since I was like probably 13 uh-huh. so I I have a very active mind <laughs> and it's something that has like always plagued my parents like sometimes up to now my mom says eh but Isabel you had questions eh? you'd ask can you believe you asked me this ask me this. no mommy what is this so my dad and mom devised this thing of like alright have this notebook <laughs> write every single thought that comes into your mind so, so it doesn't I, I come out of your, your mouth <laughs> No, 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 because we can save some for later, but like for the excess, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in the book. And um, I began journaling at about six, that's 11 years. And wow, that's I kept young. on journaling every year. I had like this huge notebook, I'd write the dates, and, and writing began for me there. So I began writing poems, and around S2, when I started doing music and learning the piano, I, I started writing songs, adding melodies to them, and and it became more of a really private thing. Like I just write songs for myself. I began mm. a singing group with some friends in like S4 <laughs> around there. We what were you called? We were called Complete. <laughs> 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 and we were like the coolest people in our school for all the fellowships and events. You know, I'd go there with my guitar. Like I really, really loved that part of my life. Mm-hmm. And we had these dreams that would finish like high school and go and tour. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Um, Big dreams. Writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, writing is. If right now I lost my voice, that would be okay. If maybe I lost my hands, that would be okay. But the most important, like artistic, musical 
think is writing songs I really really love that so, wow yeah oh my goodness so you play the guitar you play the piano that we yes. know what other instruments do you play I guess with the knowledge of with enough practice I can finish like, like a song or two on a bass guitar mm-hmm. that's the only other instrument I'd, I'd add <laughs> the rest I'd just be lying <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I know you've worked on a couple of projects. You've worked with Kenneth Mugabe, who is madly talented. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit more about some of the projects you've been involved on. Okay, so my first project, as I said, was Katie Cars. I was mostly written and sung by me, but I had a lot of help with the production from C19 Studios at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, the studio where the Collective UG works and Nelson uh-huh. Mahiri mm-hmm. um, and a lot of artists that I know also produce and master there then the next project I did was Bronte it was also an EP that I released in 2017 and I worked with Quad A Studios that mm-hmm. is well known for like a lot of um, movie soundtrack stuff and, and mixing in that sense mm-hmm. collaborating really began with 3P projects and it was basically um, for that sole purpose, three songs with an artist that I wouldn't ideally collaborate with. So mm-hmm. I did a first EP with um, Isaiah, the composer, mm-hmm. who does um, like Afro EDM. Oh, he's like, awesome. Like mm-hmm. and, yeah, so with these three songs, then I did another with another producer called The September Kid, who has like a really strange minded production, boring from like electronic sounds, but pop and mixing them with like cultural basses and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then the last 3P I did was with Nati Nathan I came up with a couple of songs but the one that really got out there was Mungato mm-hmm. that was my first like like a different song dancehall was really that is so different so, my goodness yeah and I was really shocked that people received it and, and were thinking like I thought the question would be Isabel what are you doing go back to doing what you do so I was like, oh this is nice this is interesting yeah, then uh, Kenneth Mugabe as well. So those are the collaborations I've done. If there are any others, there are songwriting collaborations with people like Avasa, with Lillian Bavazi, mm-hmm. with Jesse Muyonjo, with Price Kwagala, a bunch of other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you said like, you know, your, your passion, your love, your heart is with writing, you know, songwriting. Yes. Um, yes. So are you comfortable like up on stage, in front of the camera, uh, in front of crowds? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's something I am still like praying about, like interceding the gods for help because um, I, I, I don't know. I just, because my first, interface with this whole music thing is, is most likely in my bedroom with my notebook and my guitar it's a very private intimate thing mm-hmm. like from um, what I've been telling you about it to just kind of vulnerably share those stories with people and then be so self-conscious um, mm-hmm. I recently did an interview on, on UBC Good Morning Uganda mm-hmm. and like all my performances I sang them because I and everyone was asking why. It's like, I needed to remember the lyrics. And if I saw the camera, I'd just freak. <laughs> so I'm still working on it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. It's been such an impediment to like a lot of opportunities. Because mm-hmm. I just don't feel ready. I just don't feel like I'm comfortable enough. It's going to be more mental pressure than the enjoyment of expressing creativity. So, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> well, you're aware of it and you're pushing yourself. It's a work in progress. It's definitely a yeah. work in progress. 
And you're not the only person. I don't know how many musicians I've spoken to who are like, oh my God, I still get the butterflies. I still get the sweaty hands. I still freak out when I get on stage. I guess the other thing is just doing more and just realizing Mm -hmm. more of the techniques that you can handle. So that's what I'm going to try and do. Like every opportunity that comes, I'll just say yes. If it sucks, Okay, shall be fine. <laughs> there you go. You've got a plan. You've got a plan. So, so tell me about your blog, a Ugandan artist. Uh, where do we find that? When did you start um, on it? So I began it right after I finished um, university. That was in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, if you Google a Ugandan artist, it will come right up. Okay. Um, it's a WordPress blog, mm-hmm. and um, on it, I basically share my my. My experiences, mm. but not in that I came, I did this, I felt like this, but more of the mental and psychological mm. issues that I've been struggling with. For example, um, the whole cultural identity um, thing. Like, yeah. how am I an artist when I don't even sing in Uganda? Every Ugandan artist that is, you know, selling from East Africa to other countries sings in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Am I still a Ugandan when I do that? Or... Um, how do I deal with the fact that the kind of music I do even within my society is not, you know, that popular or it's not seen and heard? Um, am I still an artist if mm-hmm. I do that? Like, what are the attitudes I've been having? Or how do I deal with the fact that even the law that is supposed to help with regards to policy and help us earn from our intellectual property is just like not doing stuff yet people in Kenya are getting stimulus packages for their mm-hmm. performing rights societies and mm-hmm. things like that so that's just some of the content that I have on my blog I also do interviews mm-hmm. with um, with some of my favorite artists that nice. especially women mm-hmm. and most recently I did uh, a series called The Artistic Matriarch just looking at the role of the woman and the woman artist in leading society with her ability to create. Wow, the artistic matriarch. Yes. Wow. Okay, I'm going to check that out, definitely. (laughs) Please do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's just things like that. Um, Lately, I've been going back to more personal posts with how I deal, for example, with comparison, how I deal with um, just the deliberating fear that like no one might hear or understand what I say mm-hmm. and what that feels mm-hmm. like as an artist like I, I'm devoting all this time all this resource and the expectation is you know uh, undulating crowds and stand ovations but is that the whole artistic experience mm-hmm. and looking back industry at some artists who like were never even discovered until they are dead but are now names yeah. that are on our tongues and just how to handle things like that so yeah that's really deep but um i always say that you know artists musicians it is such a vulnerable thing to put your work out there you're putting your heart your feelings your your Mm. deepest thoughts you're putting them in music and you're sharing it with the world so good on you the point is you are actually doing it and you continue to do it where do we find your music isabel ug where do we find Um, your music once again, Google Isabel with a Z, mm-hmm. UG, um, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer, Audio Mac, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, anywhere, YouTube, anywhere you want to find me, just enter my name and you'll find mm-hmm. all my projects. Okay. Yeah. And you're also on all social media as well? Yes. Um, all social media still has Isabel UG, Twitter, with Instagram. A, with a Z. 
Yes, mm-hmm. I Z A B E L U G. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, no, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it was so much fun chatting with you. And yeah, get out there even more. Has um, the last year, you know, COVID-19, the lockdown, has it given you a hard time? Yes, but um, in the fact that it has, it has really like spurred me to grow and be more creative. I think I've been really lazy with like just using the platforms I have like social media. Oh, okay. Um, but in lockdown you have no choice but realize the only way to interact with people is social media. So <laughs> becoming more creative um, with putting up covers, with engaging people and just, you know, making yourself seen as mm-hmm. an artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well thank you again for joining me. All the best. Thank you, Crystal. My pleasure. And keep in touch. Definitely will. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Groove Cafe.